Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of the OFNT podcast has me still struggling to find interesting news besides pandemic-related stuff. I did manage to dig up a few things, though. I wrapped this all up with a giant rant. So, maestro, let's do it. Hello, welcome to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer, and the new tech at least for me, is this podcast. I hope you are all doing well and having a great week. I also hope this finds you virus-free. Getting that cabin fever yet? Corrections. I must apologize for my stumbling over words in the last episode. I don't know what got into me, and I didn't even catch it while editing. I'm chalking it up to what I'm calling the shelter-in-place slur syndrome. I'm basically alone, so my verbal skills are way out of practice. You heard it here first, kids. Politics. I'm just so tired of both sides playing politics during this pandemic. I really wish there was a third choice of political parties. And don't tell me libertarian, they don't have a chance. A nice centrist centrist party would serve this political system well. One can hope. Let's start off with some tech news. Hackers tempt federal workers with free fast food in COVID-19 scams, reads the headline from CNET.com. The article reads... Hackers are finding every opportunity they can to exploit the coronavirus pandemic, even using the disease to promise free meals for government officials, Google detailed in a report Wednesday. The tech giant said it's been blocking 18 million malicious coronavirus emails every day, and that's not including the 240 million spam emails related to the virus. Cybercriminals aren't the only ones taking advantage of the pandemic. Google's threat analysis group said it's found more than a dozen hacking groups backed by various governments that are using the COVID-19 as a cover for tricking people into clicking on malicious links. The attacks differ from cybercriminal schemes in that government-backed hackers are often doing it for espionage purposes rather than financial gain. Google said it found one campaign that targeted U.S. government employees by offering coupons and free meals from American fast food chains. 
The scam involved COVID-19 messaging and directed victims to a website disguised as a page for arranging meal deliveries. The ploy was designed to steal government workers' Google account login credentials, the tech giant said. This must be uh, state and local governments which are being targeted here. The federal government, at least the Department of Homeland Security, uses Outlook from Microsoft for official email. We also have a firewall that is so stringent it doesn't even let me send an email to or from a non-government account. Hackers will be hacking. From GeekWire.com How President Trump's new immigration restrictions would impact the tech industry. President Trump proposed, it's not a proposal, it's already happened, it was done by an executive order, on a key immigration pathway is sowing fear in the U.S. technology industry, which relies on a small, that's not true, it's quite large, but critical pool, it's not really critical either, of immigrant talent. The 60-day ban on green cards would hit immigrants seeking residency in the U.S. on family-based Petitions the hardest, but it could, notice the word could, have consequences for employment-based application, too. I'll stop reading this article right here. This is nothing but a hit piece. First of all, it has nothing to do with the so-called temporary worker visa, known as the H-1B visa. The H-1B visa program is often abused. Let me explain how this goes. These tech companies cry that there are not enough U.S. citizens to fill their job openings. They import labor using the H-1B visa program, which also saves them a lot in salary costs. The H-1B visa holder arrives and then petitions for their spouse and children if they have them. The family is issued an H-2B visa. Of course, the female in this equation will have one or two children while here, and they are U.S. citizens by birth. When the time limit, which is usually two years of the H-1B visa, is about to expire, the family files for permanent residencies, green cards, because they have U.S. citizen children. Once given permanent residency, the family petitions for brothers, sisters, in-laws, and on and on until whole villages are transplanted to this country. This, folks, is what is meant when you hear various people using the term chain migration. Now, at this time of major unemployment, this move makes sense and, in my opinion, doesn't go far enough. Polling data from this morning suggests that most Americans of all races support this move. YouTube turned 15 this week, and you can watch the video by the company's co-founder, Jaweed Karim, which was the first video posted on the service. Head over to CNET.com to give it a look. It's only 15 seconds long, but it's historic because of what YouTube has evolved into. I wonder if the founders had any idea of what they were unleashing. Headline from 9to5mac.com Bloomberg, Apple to release first ARM Mac in 2021 with 
5 nanometer 12 core Apple processor. Apple is set to release its first Mac based on a custom ARM chipset next year. According to Bloomberg, this is. This lines up with the previous timeline reported from Bloomberg, which cited a late 2020-2021 timeframe and other reports from publications like analyst Ming-Chi Kuo. The rest of the article describes that Apple plans a series of chips and that they will be more efficient and in a lot of cases more powerful than the Intel chips that currently power the Mac lineup. This will allow Apple more control over the product line. In recent years, Intel has delayed new chip releases, causing Apple to either delay or compromise their own product releases. I have some uh, questions, though. Like, what about the software I currently use? It's all designed for the Intel x86 architecture. Will I have to run an emulator on top of everything? This will slow down things and not be worth the so-called increase in performance the ARM chips will supposedly be bringing. Also, while not really my concern, but it is to others, is the ARM chip's math performance on par with the x86 chips? If you are running modeling software, CAD and, and the like, you, you need mathematical performance that, as of now, the x86 chips have the advantage in. Maybe Apple will have a math co-processor like Intel had in the olden days. I remember uh, you had to buy that separately and plug it into your motherboard. Perhaps there will be some sort of hybrid machine with both architectures present. I won't be jumping on this one for obvious reasons. The reviews are in for the new iPad Pro and the smart keyboard. The hardware, of course, is great as usual, but there are some negatives being reported concerning the keyboard. There are no function keys and no escape key. Well, in my personal computer usage case, this wouldn't be a problem. However, so-called power users are having difficulties with these omissions. The combo of the iPad Pro and smart keyboard would satisfy my computing needs, but what would be the advantage in paying more and getting less? For the price of a iPad Pro, the 11-inch model, let's say, or an 11.5, plus the smart keyboard, which is like 300 bucks, you could purchase a mid-tier MacBook Air or a base model MacBook Pro, which would, would give you a real keyboard, MacOS, and more powerful software. So, un unless the price of the uh, MacBook Pro and its keyboard come down in price, I, I don't see what the advantage would be for just somebody wanting to do regular computing. No graphics and drawing and stuff like that. This next story. Chinese frontline COVID-19 research firm reported hacked. Data now on Dark Web reads the headline from Forbes.com. From the article, it's a controversial subject, the use of CT scans to diagnose coronavirus, but it's an emerging field. And while the likes of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the American College of Radiology have cautioned against it, one Chinese medical company has harnessed Intel's technology and Huawei's marketing channels to push its solutions into frontline hospitals. 
The company in question, Weying Medical, has said that the deployment of such technology might widen the availability of COVID-19 testing, especially in areas without access to the latest technologies and techniques. It is also reported to be field testing the tech across 20 hospitals in China. After honing its AI algorithms from the study of several thousand confirmed cases, the company says its AI scanning can now correctly diagnose COVID-19 with 96% accuracy. Quotes, As the world is combating the coronavirus pandemic, Intel said last month, it is critical for AI technology to join forces with the healthcare industry to defeat this disease as soon as possible. The Intel AI Builders Program salutes our partner, Weying, Medical's effort in confronting the challenge with innovation and collaboration. Rah, rah. Pandering much, Intel? Now, it seems this poor company has fallen victim to what its government and fellow companies have been doing for years. In other words, they were hacked by a threat actor called the Zero Time who are selling the data for around $30,000 on the dark web. That data is said to include user information, technology, source code, and reports on experiments. The technology is currently being sold by Weying to hospitals for as much as $50,000 per month. I guess that price will change shortly. This breach will allow other scientists outside China to review the wealth of source data, which the Chinese government refuses to release, by the way, from closer to the root of the pandemic. Well, that sounds pretty good for all of us, doesn't it? Win-win. Karma seems to be at play here. The Chinese government is trying, trying to profit from the pandemic, and it's a pandemic which they unleashed onto the world. Hopefully, our government hackers were able to get in on this before it was made public. The data on the coronavirus cases should have been made available from the CCP anyway, and our country's companies and government have long been victims of the Chinese government-sponsored hackers. I'm sorry, but uh, it's hard to have any sympathy for the company. Now we'll move into some tech I'm using. In this period of pandemics and shelter-in-place orders, the Internet, especially for cord cutters like myself, has become very important in many households. An extension of this is your Wi-Fi system. Way back when I decided to have Wi-Fi in my residence, I started with one of those ugly routers that didn't seem to give you access to the Internet once you got about 10 feet away from it. I'm sure many of you did the same thing. As the demands increased on my internet usage, I upgraded to an Apple Airport Extreme. It was a great router which really improved the Wi-Fi coverage of my home. Of course, as we all know, or you'll know now, uh, Apple abandoned the router business, leaving users of their products basically high and dry. 
So looking to improve my setup, I decided to upgrade to what was then fairly new tech, mesh routers. Mesh routers have a one main unit that connects to your cable modem, which is accompanied by one or more satellite routers. Because it was fairly new tech, these systems were expensive. I settled for the Google Wi-Fi mesh system, which was at a reasonable price. It was simple to set up and worked really good. The only problem I experienced was when numerous family members were using the internet at the same time, I would see a slowdown in internet speed. This was due to the Google system not having what's called a dedicated backhaul channel. This channel allows the satellites to communicate with the main router. If there is no dedicated backhaul channel, regular bandwidth is used to accomplish this communication. Yeah, I know, I'm getting a little too technical here. To solve this slowdown I was experiencing, I decided to upgrade to a Wi-Fi mesh network that had the dedicated backhaul channel feature. You'll see these advertised as tri-band systems. I did extensive online research and came to the conclusion that tri-band systems were out of my price range. I decided that I would have to wait for some sort of sale before buying. The tri-band system I decided to purchase was the Deco M9 Plus. At the time, a two-piece system was going for about $250 on Amazon. Two-piece, I mean it had the main router and one satellite. I added it to my wish list and waited for a sale. A sale which never came. One day around last Memorial Day, I received an email from Costco, you know, the price club, touting their annual Memorial Day electronic sale. Now, normally I would have deleted this advertisement without even looking at it, but I figured they might have the Deco system. Well, dear listeners, not only did they have the Deco system, but it featured three pieces for the same price as the two-piece one from Amazon. After convincing the boss of the need to purchase this item and receiving permission, I pulled the trigger. Like the Google Wi-Fi system I was upgrading from, the M9 Plus is simple to set up. You download the companion application and follow the setup procedure. The app isn't quite as slick as the Google one, but it comes very close. The only problem I've had is getting a good placement of the satellite modules. And this is probably due to the way I, I have it set up and, and the way my house is set up. My cable modem is downstairs in the basement, so the main router has to be set up there. I have the satellites placed upstairs in my living room and kitchen. I tried placing one of these satellites in a spare bedroom, but it couldn't communicate with the main router, probably because of the distance. Once up and running, I tested the internet speed, and I was finally get able to get most of the speed that I was paying my internet provider for. I've had no stuttering, freezes, or dropouts in the year or so I've been using the M9+. Plus. The only problem I've encountered is the satellite unit in the kitchen lost connection with the main unit. This was solved by moving the satellite a few feet closer to the entrance of the room. Deco updates the software often, and it features built-in virus protection. 
You can purchase the Deco M9 three-piece set for $199 at Costco as I'm recording this. A new Wi-Fi protocol is out now. I think it's called Wi-Fi 6, but it'll be a while before it's widely available on the Internet. So go ahead and buy this. You know, there's no need to, to get a Wi-Fi 6 uh, set up yet. Next is entertainment news, the quiet entertainment news. Not much news this week besides the continuing deluge of so-called specials being put out for the masses by celebrities desperate for fan adulation and for the purpose of keeping their names out there. And Fox has bought Tubi, the free streaming service that I have used it in the past. It's not bad. Let's hope they improve it and not let it devolve into the mess that Sony Crackle has become. Crackle used to be my favorite free streaming service, but others have passed it by. In my, in my opinion, the, the one to beat is the Pluto service. That, that has the, the, the best stuff on it. Next, podcast news. From InsiderRadio.com. Real, reality television fan favorite Dina Lohan is launching a new podcast. The woman whose daughter is gossip column regular Lindsay Lohan tells the New York Post that her show will talk about managing children in Hollywood. Oh, the irony of that. The podcast is called Listen to Me, OG Mama D. So much for the keep it simple, stupid principle. And Lohan says it will also touch on pop culture domestic violence, mental health, and set the record straight about tabloid celebrity gossip. I guess she has the knowledge. I mean, her daughter has had all those problems, including drug problems. I guess with the big film roles Lindsay is not getting these days, Mom is forced to try and make her own way. In my own podcast news, I'm still fiddling and tweaking various settings on my DBX286 channel strip. So if you hear differences between episodes sound, that's why. I'll get it right eventually. I hope. Okay, I promised a giant rant and you're going to get one. I'm going to preface this rant with a warning. It's going to get political and maybe a little tin hat-ish, if that's even a word. I was watching the HBO miniseries Chernobyl last night, and besides a trip down memory lane, it drew parallels to what is happening now with China, the current beacon for communism. Here's how events unfold in the show. An accident occurs, but local officials don't want to bump it up the chain of command because their career, or much more, is at stake. They keep the lid on it until it gets out of their control. Locals start to blow the whistle, but they are immediately silenced. People with knowledge, even when presenting proof of a calamity, are discounted and threatened. When the information of the event finally makes it up to the head honcho, the first reaction is to cover the whole thing up. When the effects of this event are discovered by the outside world, denial, downplaying, and finally narrative change is the action taken. Does this sound familiar to you guys? 
Well, it should, because that's what's playing out with the coronavirus pandemic right now. As soon as video emerged of people dying on the streets of Wuhan in China and in the hallways of Wuhan's overwhelmed hospitals, I took to the internet and looked up the poor city. Of course, the city was known for the biological research its many labs are conducting. I wasn't the only one researching, though. Evidenced when the biological weapon theory started floating around the social media world. Then the outbreak started in the city of Qom, located in Iran. Again, I took to the internet, and lo and behold, that country's nuclear and biological research labs are located there, complete with Chinese advisors. I said on previous episodes of this podcast that it was suspected to be a man-made virus. Then the horrific outbreak in Italy happened. Why there? Why Italy? Well, Italy was the first major European company to sign up for the so-called Belt and Road Initiative from China. The way this program works is that Chinese government invests in, invests in and builds the local infrastructure. They use mostly Chinese labor, and most, if not all, of the hardware and software is of Chinese origin. If the Chinese don't have the technology, they partner with a local company that does, and a mandatory technology transfer takes place. After all is said and done, the Chinese obtain technology they didn't have, gain de facto control over the infrastructure, and the host country is in major debt to China. It's a great deal, isn't it? It was a great plan. Also, to keep competitive, I don't know if I brought this up in previous episodes or not, but Italy's famous luxury brands have imported thousands of Chinese workers, whole factories of them, to produce goods. So the next time you buy one of those expensive Prada bags, and you're thinking that some old-world Italian craftsman hand stitch it, well, just think again. That item was mass-produced in slave labor conditions, manufactured mostly, if not totally, by machine. Now, once the secret uh, came out concerning the virus, I noticed an uptick on social media of so-called people defending China. I saw statements like, it's racist to use the term China virus, and, well, maybe the U.S. military brought it to China and a lot more disinformation like that. I then warned in a previous episode to be prepared for a propaganda campaign looking to shift the narrative. How did I know this? I knew this because I've seen this all before with the old Soviet Union. One of the benefits of having old farts like me around is we've seen a few things. Now, I don't know if the virus was man-made or escaped from a lab. I'm not even going to to any conjecture on that. What I do know is that a cover-up occurred and the Chinese government refused and is still refusing to allow outside experts in to find out what caused it. The good thing that hopefully comes out of all this is the exposure of just how much of our supply lines for essential items are located in China. And I must point out, the government of China is an enemy of this country. So I'm not singling out the people of China. Also, that major U.S. and Western media corporations are taking money from that government, which allows criticism to be stifled 
and certain narratives to be inserted. What I'm getting at here is just be wary of these news outlets. Because of the infiltration of our colleges and universities by socialists and communists, we have a lot of our younger generation who feel that communism is preferable to capitalism. I've talked about this in the past on this platform. I'm not going to go into it now. You know, it's all about the money. Money to buy influence. I'm not in favor of having McCarthy-like hearings in Congress, but we should call out these so-called global corporations who've gotten very cozy with the Chinese Communist Party and do their bidding. They won't even help our own defense industry in this country, probably because they don't consider themselves American, but, quote, international corporations. Well, that's all fine, but they shouldn't be given those cushy tax breaks any longer, nor benefit from what this country offers them. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Apple, Google, and others like you. With over 200,000 deaths due to the coronavirus worldwide, just keep in mind who was responsible for this after it's all over. And if you didn't know, that would be the Chinese Communist Party. Now, the music's playing... So, episode 26 is a part of history. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at ofntpodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me how much I suck and suggest how I can improve this excuse of a show. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. And I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, get off my lawn and go shelter in place, please. Take care, guys. I'm out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.